Hello, welcome to the Living Open podcast for mystics and seekers. I'm your host, Erin. I'm a Philly-based healing artist, and this is a podcast to support your healing journey. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Living Open podcast. Today's episode is on unearthing our deepest stories and rituals for creative writing with Lara Ellen Joyce. Lara uses she they pronouns. They are a writer, editor, and book coach who works with intuitive and magical writers who want to unearth their own writing stories and create a sustainable writing practice. Their um, work lives under the umbrella of ceremony, which is um, a space that really lets them bring together their editing and writing skills with their magical practice and they work with writers who want to do inner work as well as craft their dream books. So in this episode we talk about Lara's journey with creativity, writing, magic, spirituality, using frameworks and support for our writing and not using frameworks, <laughs> um, pinning down key emotional moments and using them as a basis for fiction writing, unearthing and softly excavating our deepest stories, collaborating with the parts of ourselves the story is coming from, figuring out the story you're trying to tell, being open to the non-linear creative writing process, rituals Laura uses in their writing process, different stages of the creative process where feedback may be more or less helpful, experiential learning through the writing process, the inner work that goes along with writing, identifying learned myths in creativity, writing the true book that you're meant to write, and creating a sustainable writing practice. I had so much fun having this conversation with Lara, and I think it's so beautiful when we can, you know, weave together these things as supports. Um, Our magical practices, our spiritual practices, our writing practices. Um, I think it's really beautiful, so it was really fun to talk about with Lara. Um, And especially, yeah, if you are if you're wanting to do creative work in any way, whether you consider yourself a writer or feel like a writer or you're working on a big project or something like a book, um, I think this is a helpful episode for folks at all stages of relationship with creativity. Um, Before we get into it, I do want to let you know that you can check out Joy Notes, which is my substack. It's writings from a creative queer life. It's notes, um, essays, occasional poems, musings, etc. on being stretched wide by beauty and grief and love and aliveness. Um, And I love sharing over there. I'm not really on social media anymore, so that is the place. Um, That's linked in the description. And Lara also has a new substack that is linked in the description um, that you can check out as well, and please do. Okay, hope you enjoy this episode. I always like to start the show by hearing a bit about your journey, and I'd love to hear anything you feel like sharing about your journey with writing and magic and creativity, all the things, um, and how it's brought you to the work that you do now. Thank you. Yeah, hello, and um, thank you for inviting me into this conversation, which is, yeah, really rich and um, pleasurable, the idea of having this conversation with you, so thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, What brought me to this place was lots of different things. I think um, I spent um, 10 years as a university professor teaching creative writing um, in universities. And at the same time, I was really struggling to um, have a sense of connection to my own creativity and to my own spirituality during that time. So I found that I was able to help other people with their writing and other people with their creative journeys, but I wasn't able to feel connected to that in in my own life. Um, 
So I spent the last sort of 10 years doing that work and then trying to figure out if there was a way to piece that together with the other things that I was really hungry for. So having a deeper connection to spirituality, having sort of more magic in my life, um, hacking into my own creativity and intuition and also expressing myself um, more freely. So less of a kind of professional person with a persona and more someone who is a really complicated messy sort of (laughs) person that can sometimes be a bit chaotic and isn't always professional and um the I found it difficult to express my sort of sexuality and gender identity in those uh conditions as well so there was a kind of personal aspect to feeling very constrained um and feeling that there were certain things I could share and certain things that had to stay hidden. Um, and that was a very painful place to be. Um, so during the sort of beginning of the pandemic, I just decided to let it all go um, and see what happened. And what happened was that I got really heavily into sort of magic and witchcraft and tarot mm-hmm. and just all the things that had been really important to me um, before I got into that very sort of academic mindset and that I hadn't felt I had time for and I made so much time for them and that allowed me to figure out what I was going to do next would be very different to what I had been doing before Um, and that the magic would have to take me there you know the magic would be part of it and I would have to bring myself on the journey, if that makes sense. I couldn't continue to be this uh, person who told other people what to do while not doing it themselves. Um, mm-hmm. And so ceremony, which is my, I guess, I, yeah, the, the sort of umbrella, um, I don't know what I would call it really, brand doesn't feel right, but the, the place that I work from um, <laughs> is called ceremony. And um it is really all about ritual and magic and writing and how all of those things can't possibly be separated um, for me and how I think that there are many other people for whom those things can't be separated. And I feel that my job is to create the conditions to make it possible for people to create and write and connect to their sort of intuition and spirituality without having to to compromise uh, one or the other of those things. And it just seemed to me there was a space for that. There wasn't, um, I couldn't find anything exactly like that. So I was guided towards making it happen. Um, And that's how I'm here now doing this. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. Um, I'm thinking about when you talk about bringing like magic and intuition into writing, it makes me think about how I've um, taken a few writing classes now and have just like been really hungry for um, other people who have written novels, talking about writing novels and how to write novels and all that, because it's such a massive project. And I'm like, how the fuck do you do this? And so many people talk about, not everyone, but I've come across so much this idea of this like exact frame, you know, like the save the cat framework, like there's a like formula to like how to write a novel. And it's so interesting because I think for me, like frameworks and things are helpful when I can hold them loosely and like take something from it maybe, but not follow it by by the exact like one, two, three step. Um, And when you talk about like bringing magic and intuition into it, that's what I think of like using, um, not letting frameworks and I don't know, too much information get in the way, but using what's helpful to support that magic and intuition and the the creativity. Does that make sense? Yes. Thank you for saying that. I think there's um there's a stage almost that has to has to be got through when you're beginning to write or you're beginning to learn to write. And mm-hmm. I think everyone that's ever done that has been through this stage, which is maybe someone can tell me how to 
do this or maybe several people can help me to do this because it's so hard you're right it's um you're dreaming a world into being from your brain I mean that is hard intense work right it's our chemical work it's it is magic I I really think they're both the same thing writing especially um a big significant project like a novel is no different to any other kind of alchemical process or magical process that it requires so much energy it requires a kind of safe container to do the work if you get the container wrong it can kind of set everything off in the wrong direction and I think part of getting the container wrong can be sticking rigidly to someone else's framework or formula and mm-hmm. thinking that will work for you um but I never ever would say that there was anything wrong with engaging with those things and taking what you want and leaving the rest which is you know it sounds like that's what you're doing right now in your in your process and my um feeling is that those frameworks save the cats or you know there's the story grid there's the hero's journey there are all these these kind of um very helpful frameworks I think they're so helpful to analyze what you have built once you've built it but I don't think you can reverse engineer a story a living breathing story from those frameworks I think they have to come from you from the spark that has come from you and eventually when you have you know when when you have the the blocks and you're putting them together then you might want to check in with something like the framework and but doing it backwards it just means that it's not coming from that organic place that excited place that you started from so I'm not here to trash save the cat but I'm here to say use it use it like any other tool as one tool of many um and in terms of for me how I teach writing I teach something called a book map and that's about pinning down key scenes and key Mm. emotional moments and using those as a sort of basis to build a collage or a patchwork around so that it's not linear and it's not rigid but you're never left with nothing in your hands to work with you've always got something to kind of hold on to and mm. for me that feels like a more um human approach than the more rigid frameworks yeah I think what you're saying feels really true to even just this language that you use in your work of like unearthing our deepest stories there's this um yeah it's not like like we are crafting them and we are building them, but it feels like the way that said is more like we're excavating them, like we're finding them within ourselves. We're like pulling them out. Um, and I really love that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, that that was, um, I kind of hit on unearth your story as the, the sort of title for the writing membership that I run. Um, because it felt like it captured most closely the ideas that I'm talking about and that that you've just picked up on. Um, So it is a form of excavation, but it's not, um, it's a soft excavation. I sort of imagine it as, um, like I use a mushroom as the symbol because it feels Mm. like something kind of fungal that you're, you know, there's a whole underworld there's a whole kind of mirror world underneath um that you're looking to uncover or unearth but it's there it's there to support you you're Mm. not having to kind of drag you know really heavy stones out of the earth in a back-breaking way it feels much softer and as though wherever you're getting the story from is participating and collaborating mm. in the process with you. That's how I feel about it. Mm. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts for people who are like 
what is the story I'm trying to tell? Or maybe there's like a, yeah, I think for me, I, I really knew what the, what the seed of it was at least. I was like, this is the story. And then it sort of evolved and changed from there. Um, but the seed felt really, really present. I wonder, is like, is that true for most people? Like, what about, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love the term seed. I think that's perfect. It's a perfect description of the thing that gets people writing. Um, so because um, we use tarot a lot in in my um, online group and in, in the teaching I do, I tend to use tarot um, because it feels like a kind of third entity between me and the writer or between the writer and the work and it's something that um takes away some of the pressure I think you've got this third entity to help explore and understand what's happening and to think about the origin of a story whether it's fictional or non-fictional whatever it is um we talk about um the aces in tarot the idea of something that is the very beginning of a journey um something that contains the whole journey within it almost but it's just waiting for it to unfold or unfurl or you know grow um and it's a, a kind of combination of a seed and i also think of it as like lightning in a bottle almost that there's this flame this lightning flame that every time you wander away and you think I can't do this I'm tired I'm exhausted no one's ever going to read this whatever things you have in your head about why it's not worth it the lightning in the bottle or the seed is something to go back to and to just remember this is this is why I began and I think not everybody has that to begin with, but I always um, encourage people to make that their priority, find that seed, find the, the thing about your story that literally no one else in the universe could write. You're the only person that could write this story and then you're never ever going to lose it because it's it's part of you, it's connected to you. And whether you come with, you know, an idea to try and catch that lightning in a bottle or you have it, that is the priority that I would encourage all writers to follow. Mm. Yeah, and then from the seed, there's like, oh, I actually have to write the book down. <laughs> Right, that's it's the seed is like this pristine thing. And yeah. 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 That's the most shocking part of the whole process to me. I have to actually sit down and write the book. Like who knew? It's, yeah, it's so unfair. Image. Um but I guess that's part of the pleasure as well, though, isn't it? I mean, the fact that you don't know where it's going, the fact that you have to follow, you know, there's a reason I think that going into the forest or into the woods is an often used metaphor for, for storytelling or, or finding mm -hmm. story, because you really can only see a few steps ahead of you. And, it, you know, maybe you have like a patch of moonlight or something and you just have to get to the next bit. But if you knew, if it was all mechanically laid out and you just had to join the dots, it would be so boring. There would be no point. And you'd learn nothing about how you wrote a novel and how mm. you went into the woods, you know. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's the annoying truth about it, I think. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's so interesting because um, I had outlined like my whole book and I was like, this is how everything's going to go. And I wrote um, like 33,000 words of it. And then a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I mean, I said that like it took me a minute. It took me a few months. But <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and um, I just like showed up for it every day. And I've really been enjoying the process of showing up for it every day. Um, but then I sort of realized after I had written all that, I was like, oh, this actually isn't what the characters want to do. Like this, 
like the seed of the story is the same, but actually now that I've written all of this, I have learned more about what the story is. And I'm actually like shifting this into a different document. And we're like, I'm going to take a little bit of it, but it really like the story really changed, um, which was really cool. And now I have sort of the first, like, I know what, what to the middle is going to be of the book. And then I'm like, who knows? I'm just going to keep writing and see like where, where they go and where it ends up going. And it's a really interesting and different experience. Cause I'm not writing to a particular end now. I'm like, we will see what happens as the characters change. Um, and it feels really different and it, it's cool. I like it. Yeah. I think that's so exciting. And I love even just hearing you talk about it. I can see how, <laughs> how you know how exciting that is because you could have told that story in quite a different frame of mind you know like mm -hmm. oh I lost all those words and I have to start again and I don't know the end you know but it sounds like you're not experiencing it as a loss but as mm -hmm. a new opportunity or something more exciting than having everything mapped out and again I'd like to just say I'm not this is not like an anti- planning perspective that I have <laughs> I mean you need to plan one way or another it's it's almost impossible to to do it without you know without a net or without a, a rope whatever um analogy you might want to use but I do think that being open to what might come is so important um and this mm -hmm. is going back to that idea around using intuition in writing so you just captured it so well that your intellectual brain can decide what it thinks is going to happen, but your intuitive self will will kind of come through in the writing. While you're writing, it's a bit like being in a trance state, you know, it's a bit like being in an altered state. Um, all kinds of things come through that you're not expecting. You know, you could call it the unconscious, you could call it the universe, what you know, whatever it is, but you're not fully in control at that time. And that's when the, the really exciting things come through. So I always advise people to just keep an open mind about that part of the process. Yeah. Well, I would love to hear anything you feel like sharing about your own writing process and yeah, how ritual might be part of that um, and what that's like for you. Yeah, sure. Um, so this, I think this is why I came to working on ceremony. And I had this strong sense when I, um, when I had that um, kind of a bit of dark night of the soul myself, I guess, when um, thinking about those terms that come from, from those writing frameworks. Um, and I um, realised that trying to write in the way that I had been doing wasn't working for me anymore. Um, and I was in a job that required me to publish at certain intervals and in certain ways to keep my job. Um, mm. And so I was very um, focused on external criteria, on things like word counts and deadlines and um, genre specificities, all kinds of things that I find inhibit connecting to that much more intuitive state of writing. Um, I was working on a book for a long time that had become almost fossilised and calcified. It had so many other people's opinions in it. Mm -hmm. It had so much of my own traumatic experiences kind of layered into it. Um, and I began the process of unearthing that almost as a fossil to kind of getting rid of the layers of other people's expectations and seeing what was left. Um, mm -hmm. And to do that, I decided that I needed the support of ritual to get me through. So I just made myself um, a notebook which had, I was noting down things like moon cycles, astrological transits, um, I was sort of pulling tarot cards I was checking what you know the seasonal um impacts I was writing down how 
my mind and body and everything felt and emotionally how I felt when I was writing certain things to try and figure out what was me. But the thing, so the thing that kind of brought me back to my own writing was um, working in that more intuitive way where I was actually paying attention to how it felt in my body and everywhere else to to kind of write certain scenes. Um, And I did end up with a novel that I felt was more me than other people as a result of that process. But it's still, you know, it is still a document of, or an archive of, me and other people and certain traumatic events and I think it it just has to be that um but what I knew was that in the future everything else that I did wouldn't be like that and Mm. I started with that ritual process of using that that kind of magical diary writing grimoire um as I kind of turned it into um as a starting point and now I am guided by those um those rituals and mm. I use things like sound quite often I have very like a very repetitive repetitive drone soundtrack that I use to get me into a kind of trance state um mm. I have certain sort of oils and scents and lighting that I use and times of day and things that just work for me so that I and my brain know that it's a writing time. Um, it doesn't always work. <laughs> my brain's not always cooperative, but it's <laughs> it just helps. Um, and now I don't know, like you, I don't know where I am in the woods. I'm somewhere with a new project. It's yeah. mysterious, and I'm just following to see where it goes. I love the idea of using those like sensual cues through the sound and the smell and the feel to to signal to yourself that we're entering writing space, ritual space. Um, I think that's really lovely. Even just for me, I'm like always forgetting to do those nice things to set up a writing space. And when I do remember, I'm like, oh my God, this really (laughs) makes the experience like so pleasurable. It's so different, isn't it? Because I think it feels like you're um, you're doing something you shouldn't be doing anything else. You know, you're there and it, it, it you're very present and it feels quite um, sacred, I think, when, when you can set it up in that way. And not that it isn't always, you know, if you're writing on the back of something on a bus it should still feel sacred in some way but you know there are there are ways that we can kind of help that along and yeah two minutes of setting something up can make all the difference I think yeah I think that's so true and I'm so like what you shared about having like layers of people's expectations and how the people kind of got calcified. I think I'm having my own little experience around other people's thoughts and feedback. That's really interesting for me, Um, which is I'm taking, I'm actually have just finished this really lovely writing class that I really enjoyed. It was all about like feelings in writing. And each week we talked about a different feeling and part of the yeah, it was really cool. Um, yeah, yeah ex- exactly. That's why I wanted to sign up. Amazing. Um, and part of it was workshopping each other's work. And I think that's lovely. And I've been in class before um, where you can sort of get that kind of feedback. Some of it being valuable, some of it being like, okay, maybe not. Um, but I found when I submitted um, part of my book that's in process, to as my excerpt because I was like this is what I'm writing like I don't have anything else I want to workshop I'm like immersed in this um I realized that I don't really want to do that anymore (laughs) and I was like people gave helpful feedback and I was like this is interesting like I do want to integrate some of this but I'm not actually there like I'm in my stage one drafting like I actually don't want 
people's feedback at this point and when I have my draft that I'm actually then going to be going back into to be like let me make this a second draft then I feel like I want some feedback um but it was really interesting because I didn't know I would feel that way and I was kind of like this is helpful but it's not helpful right now and I don't really want anyone else's eyes on it yes I think you've really hit on something really important there that there are different stages to the work and some stages workshopping feedback critiques are you know essential really to develop the work but Mm -hmm. the stage of generating and generating in the way that you've been describing which is quite loose and I think quite um you know you're following the story to see where it goes having people give you advice at this stage can be, I think can be quite deadening. Um, and there, the job that you have at the early stage, I think is to protect, protect the work. Not that other people are attempt, you know, are meaning to be aggressive or anything, but the work is so um, raw at the, at the early stage, you need, to I think just make sure your connection to it is strong enough that it can later withstand those other kind of experiences and then then they can be wonderful you know Mm -hmm. yeah I think that feels so true and I I didn't really understand it (laughs) and I'm like yeah you go ahead no I was just gonna say I don't I don't think um you can understand any of these things without experiencing them. So in a way, I think you have, there's not a pre-experience way to understand it. So it, yeah. you know, it's good to feel it in your body, how it actually feels. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Like the whole experience has been such experiential learning. Like I feel like before writing this book, I was like, why is my dialogue so stiff and weird? Like, I don't know, I can't make dialogue sound. And then I'm just like, writing thousands and thousands of words of it and I'm like I like it I think my dialogue's pretty good now like I feel like it's a lot but like I was thinking there was some secret I was missing or something and it's actually just like just keep writing it just like keep doing it um yeah yeah that is the secret I think that you know it's really normal for all of us as writers to be looking for a key or a secret or you know a way a pathway even um but it this is you know my feeling about unearthing your story is really about um you have to unearth your own story about what writing is about the work itself as well as the story that you're working on it's it all happens at the same time but you can't force it you can't rush it no one can do it for you. They can make the conditions better, but you, it is, it's fully experiential. And I, I really agree with that idea that the more you write, the more real your dialogue becomes because you meet the characters and you understand them and they mm-hmm. make sense to you. Writing dialogue when you don't know them well, it's harder because they're not real in your mind, you know? So mm-hmm. it's so simple, but yet so complex at the same time yeah (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) well I'm curious if there's anything you want to share about (laughs) sort of the inner work that goes along with all this as we're talking about like learning through experiencing and I think so much has come up for me emotionally during this process from everything from like I'm not a real writer I I, I don't know I'm not allowed I can't like my writing's awful <laughs> to just like all kinds of fears and things and yeah I'm wondering if there are words you want to share around like the the sometimes tight and crunchy um inner experience of writing a book especially when it's a story that you that feels deep and that is really close and you really care about yeah I mean yeah I I again it just feels like really um inseparable to me the idea of writing a book and inner work because I mean of course that there are some 
you know, there are some ways to write a book that don't demand as much inner work. There are kind of technical books or certain kinds of non-fiction books or even certain kinds of, of fiction that maybe demands a little bit less of that. Um, but my, um, you know, my main experience is working with writers who are writing stories that are very close to them in different ways, either drawing on autobiography, um, actual memoir, or, you know, thinking about characters and contexts and themes that are very um, powerful and emotional and um, connected to things that they feel really strongly about. And that's where the power of the writing comes from, but it demands a lot in the writing process. So um, when I Whenever I work with a writer, the very, very first thing I get them to do, even before the spark or the lightning in a bottle, um, is to identify all of the myths that they have um, encountered about writing and what writing mm -hmm. is so that we can start to kind of pull them apart a bit and um, replace them with other kinds of more helpful ideas. So, um for all the things that you were talking about, I'm not good enough, you know, why am I even doing this? And I'm never going to get readers for this or, you know, the, the fear of sort of gatekeeping in the publishing industry. But even things like I don't deserve to take an hour out of my day because I could be doing something more productive or, mm -hmm. you know, someone else needs me or this isn't earning money or whatever it is. There are so many things that can come to mind before you even sit down at your desk or wherever it is that you write. Um, so for me, the idea of the inner work starts with identifying those myths and figuring out where they've come from, who you've heard them from, you know, are they just floating around in the culture? Are they something that's specific about you and your experience? Has someone said that to you um, and you've internalized it? Or is it part of a deeper um, belief that you have that you need to examine? So it begins, the process I think begins with some shadow work. It begins with thinking about, um, you know, which of those things belong to you and which belong to other people and the things that do belong to you are that why why do you hold on to them what do they help you do you know so for example I had a shadow belief that um I didn't have time to write and that allowed me to never try and never fail and I was always thinking I could do it if I wanted to I just don't have time you know, and, you know, that's quite a common one. I think procrastination is, is like very high um, mm -hmm. among writers. If you just check like any social media platform, there are writers on there, not writing, but talking about writing. Um, so I think it's quite common, but the inner work is really about um, coming to terms with lots of things about wanting to be a writer. So even thinking about ambition is it okay for me to have the ambition to want to be a professional writer mm -hmm. um is it okay for me to write the story about my life if it also impacts other people who are in my life you know that that's true of memoir but some sorts of fiction as well that draw deeply on autobiography if people can recognize themselves then that's going to be something that is really difficult to deal with and it might you know mean having to deal with some interpersonal conflict that's very um difficult and unpleasant to address so I feel like I've kind of gone all over the map with this but the <laughs> the um I think the process of it of the inner work is just it's so embedded in every stage um of the writing process that it never really stops happening it is about addressing the experience of am I good enough to write? Am I a writer? And then how do I share this work with other people, even when it's it's done at every stage of the process before you start? And then when kind of even if you finish and then want to share the work, and um, I think these questions, these doubts arise. And 
part of the healing work of being, you know, of writing, of learning how you write a book or learning, you know, what writing means to you is finding out what feelings you've buried, examining them, and then being able to either bring them into the work itself or at least have them coexist with the work so that you can get to the end of the process and become that writer that you've always wanted to be. Yeah, I think what has really helped me in my life that also applies to this writing process is just doing the next thing and like worrying about the things as they come. Um, I think in in the writing process now, I'm like, I know that it's a dream for me for this book to be published. I want that to happen. Even if it doesn't, I'm glad I wrote the book, you know? Um, but I'm like, I can't be worried about that right now. I'm like, that's just such a future problem. Like the thing that I'm doing right now is writing the book and I'm just going to trust that I'll figure it out um, when the time comes to do that. Or like, like you mentioned that idea of how if people in your life have inspired characters in the book, how they might feel about it. Um, I doubt my parents are ever going to read this novel, but if they did, they would recognize themselves and that feels scary. Um, but I'm like, I'm not, it's not, I'm not going to worry about it right now because it's so far in the future. Um, my, my job is just to write the book right now. Um, and that's, that's not helpful and like take some of the pressure off. Yeah, and I think there's also something exciting. Well, to me, there's two things that that makes me think. One is it's exciting to find out, you know, how do you become a writer? And I think, you know, you start as a writer, you're already a writer, um, but there's something about the process of becoming, stepping into the, you know, inhabiting being a writer that can feel a little bit different the point where you're actually you know you're never going to lose all of your doubts or these like real world questions will crowd in all the time of course but when you think of yourself as someone who deserves to write and isn't trying to justify it to any sort of external or internal critical voices but actually you get to the point where you think the work is the thing that I'm committed to and that's it and everything else is kind of background you know yes people might recognize themselves yes parents exist yes you know (laughs) the publishing industry exists but in the moment you and the work and the book and your commitment to it are the thing that really matters and Mm -hmm. that's my dream for all writers that they can feel that inherently that they're good enough you know, good enough, not perfect, good enough, and that the work is the thing they're committed to and everything else, I think, comes from that. You know, if you write the true book that you're really meant to write, other people will want to read it. It's a question of when, not if, and your job is to to write your true, true book and then the rest of it will kind of be something that you can negotiate after that I think Mm, I love that so much I feel so lifted by that by that thought and it feels really true to me and and really helpful um I think it is true I I really really believe it yeah yeah I believe it too (laughs) um I think I want to ask you about one thing before we start to close out. Um, I'm thinking about it as you said, like, you know, what we're committed to, like I'm committed to writing the book now. Um, and I'm just wondering if you have any thoughts for people who might be having a hard time creating a sustainable writing practice and what they might do. I think for me, once I figured out what that would look like and just like, it on the calendar it has really really worked for me um and it was so cool yeah it was very cool because I was like wow I'm really not writing consistently but I want to be then I was like let me try out this thing and I don't know how long I've been doing this exactly maybe like six months or a while like it's really working so 
yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if you want to share anything about that. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's again, it's something that I really feel um, everyone deserves. Everyone who wants a sustainable writing practice deserves it, but it doesn't mean that everyone has access to the same time or resources or support. Um, So I always suggest starting with the smallest possible action that you can. Um, That might, you know, consistency for some people means getting up at five every morning and doing two hours and that's <laughs> that I'm in awe of you and that's fantastic <laughs> it's not possible for everyone you know it's not something I have uh, access to myself but um I love when people find what works for them and fit it into their life um I think consistency doesn't have to mean the same time of day or the same time of week or anything like that, really. I think it just means that you consistently show up for your writing in the way that is possible for you. So that might mean literally 15 minutes a week. That might mean, you know, that you know you have a gap between two shifts and you can sit somewhere quietly for 15 minutes and write Um when I was writing my first novel, I was um, working as a disability support worker and I went between different uh, campuses and worked with students that needed note taking. Um, and I spent lots of time in random places like science labs and just weird buildings. And I wrote my first novel in like the back of weird classrooms that were empty for, you know, between lessons <laughs> or like uh, you know just in a cupboard at one point I had this cupboard that was quite big that I would retreat to because I knew it was kind of empty for a while and I suppose I'm just sharing that to say that it's not just about like I love the idea of having sort of the incense and the music and the desk and the space and the door you can shut but if you can just get a moment with yourself and your notebook or your phone the notes up on your phone and you just tell yourself this week I do 15 minutes or this week I do half an hour or every day I write one sentence and do the next smallest thing then it kind of has a snowball effect and you find that you're desperate to get back to it you Mm -hmm. want to get back to it and you can then find ways to fit it in when it might have seemed completely impossible before Um, and that is kind of overcoming the inertia that we all feel when something seems impossible by taking the next tiny step and you can do a ritual anywhere you can put a playlist on your phone you know I have a um rain playlist on my phone which makes me feel like I'm in a certain space wherever I am you know you can bring oil with your essential oil rub it on your hands inhale it then you're kind of in an orange grove without like having to go anywhere and you can do these things in the tiniest pockets of your day and but the main thing I would say is just take a deep breath remember that you deserve it your writing is sacred every single book in the world now started in somebody's head and it could start in yours. So I'm really hopeful that you'll find that space. Mm, me too. I love reading so much. I want everyone's books to be out in the world and I want to read them. They bring so much joy. Um, so exciting. Yeah. And also what you're sharing makes me think, um, I feel like I write a lot um, on walks. I'll just be like taking a walk and then I'm like in my head and I'm like, oh, I got to pull out my phone and write this in my phone. No, <laughs> and it'll be like long, long parrot, like a lot is coming out. And it's so, or I'll just get seeds of more ideas of scenes I want. It's so interesting. And yeah, I think for me, moving my body and just like being outside for like a 15 minute walk, like um, around my neighborhood really is it's like something about it. It's inspiring. It pulls out um words and ideas and it's really cool and I'm just like taking a walk (laughs) yeah I mean I'm a huge fan of the notes on on phones because you always have your phone with you and you can just jot something down and it's those moments when you're really not you know it's not when you're sitting down in front of a screen that the great ideas come it's definitely when you're out and about moving Mm -hmm. walking 
or doing a task that's really boring you know and <laughs> that's when the ideas come so yeah just always feeling that anything that comes along is worth noting down because it could lead to that could be the beginning of your book you know so I love that idea yeah it's it really works for me um I appreciate you and this conversation so much I um I want to ask you the last question that I always ask on this show but I'm having a lot of fun talking to you about writing so yeah thank you for for being here it's been so fun for me thank you so much for inviting me and letting me yeah talk about all my favorite things so it's been great of course I'm really grateful um that you're here and I want to ask you the last question I always ask on this show which is just what does living open mean to you yeah it's this is another simple but complex question isn't it um (laughs) I, I think it means not being afraid to commit to the things that are truly deeply important to you so not listening to all those other voices I mean thinking about what we've both said about writing a book writing a novel having all those layers of calcification in there that's not living open you know that's that's living in a really constrained way so living open means taking in the world connecting to the world but deeply listening to yourself and your intuition and living as closely in alignment to that as you can and to me specifically it means make your art everyone should make art if they want to this is like the most powerful thing and yeah that's what I would love for everyone to live open make art listen to their intuition me too can you tell people where they can find you online and where they can work with you yeah thank you um so the best place to find me is on my website which is lauraellenjoyce.co.uk and on there you can sign up to my newsletter you can see how to work with me either in the membership or with private book coaching and I have quite a few rituals for writers on the website as well if this kind of thing intrigues you. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, please do tap five stars and leave us a nice review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. I appreciate it so, so much. And it's a really lovely way to be in exchange with the show, with an indie podcast. You can check out all the links mentioned in this episode in the description, and I'll be back on Monday with another episode make sure you subscribe so you don't miss it and stay in touch on instagram at e-r-y-n-j underscore or patreon until then